trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. I'm back this week. Hopefully, I this know. episode doesn't get deleted. <laughs> I know, Last truly. week, our episode was so good. Our best work, yeah. <laughs> truly, I was looking at the topics that we covered, and I was like, Ugh, are, "Are any of these like still eligible? <laughs> can I like bring them up again? We can do the same bits." I don't think so, really. Yeah, so. I know it's too bad. Lost to the universe, I guess. But here we are, trying again. You know, the celebrities keep on keeping on, so there's always <laughs> new stuff to talk about. Even when our episode disappears into the void. And honestly, like my half of the episode uh, aired. So if you really want all the funny parts, I'll just edit it. So it's just me. You don't know what Shelby's saying, but you can sort of imagine it. I, think I that'd wonder be fun. what that would feel like to listen to. <laughs> to like a one side. Yeah. It, it, it listen. It would be like over. It would be like eavesdropping on a phone call. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. And I love yeah. that. You know what? It could be a whole bit. You know, people can. What is it called on TikTok? Duet and oh yes, they guess what I said that got your mm. reaction. Yes. This is our chance. <laughs> this is going to be our viral moment. We just have to figure out how to package just a thirty-minute-long duet. Yeah. Everybody will <laughs> yeah. love it. Uh, yeah, that'll be coming to our Patreon soon. So <laughs> look out yes. for that. That's at the uh, $50 a month yeah. level. So <laughs> yeah. only really our best fans get it. Yeah. That uh, in the pisser sweatpants. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> oh, only the best. Um, well, this week we have another giveaway. Yes. The publicists thought we did such a good job on the last one. They said, hey, we got another movie. We're giving away free versions of you want some we were like yes for our fans we do for our fans we're just so benevolent and so giving Mm -hmm. and we're just really looking out for people who need who need to pick me up in these dark days so you're welcome in advance for providing so (laughs) mm -hmm. the movie this week is love and monsters which is the dylan o'brien movie that's coming out and let me read you a synopsis in case you don't know about this movie (laughs) So, seven years after the monster apocalypse, Joel Dawson, who is Dylan O'Brien, along with the rest of humanity, has been living underground ever since giant creatures took control of the land. After reconnecting over radio with his high school girlfriend, Amy, played with Jess- by Jessica Henwick, who is now 80 miles away at a coastal colony, Joel begins to fall for her again. As Joel realizes that there's nothing left for him underground, he decides against all logic to venture out <laughs> to Amy, despite all the dangerous monsters that stand in his way. The fun-filled yes. and action-packed adventure also stars Michael Rooker and Ariana Greenblatt. So doesn't that sound like a good time, Shelby? I mean, honestly, yeah. I, uh, You know me. Love a good monster flick. But also, um, Dylan O'Brien, you know? I recently rewatched all of the Maze Runner films. And I've got to say, the guy's underrated. I really enjoy his presence. So I'm excited for this one. Also, since he was on Maze Runner, he's been like bulking up. I feel like in Maze Runner, he was a scrawny teen and now he's very jacked. Yeah, yeah. He's really coming to his own. (laughs) And you know what? This is doing really well. I I think when Matt and I first heard about this, Matt (laughs) was being pretty rude about it. But right now it's sitting at (laughs) like 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. People are liking it. The audience is liking it. Technically, I looked it up and it's at a couple of movie theaters around me. So <laughs> that's oh. exciting. <laughs> I don't think so. I'll yeah, go, you could but... go to the movies, <laughs> you could rent it, or you could 
enter our giveaway competition and try to win it that way. Yeah. Also, I saw that it was by the producers who did Stranger Things and Arrival and the second Divergent movie, which... I remember liking, honestly. <laughs> I, I got vi- I saw the first Divergent movie and was like, yes, this is great. And then went all the read all the books, which were bad. But I remember sort of liking the films because they didn't really stick with the book very much. So <laughs> lots of good energy around this, I'm yeah. just going to say. And there's a dog in the movie. So fingers crossed he lives. But that's another selling point if you needed one. <laughs> yes. So uh, keep an eye out on our Instagram yeah. at PSURong. Because we will be giving away these codes so that you can watch Love and Monsters for free sometime this week. So that's exciting news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other exciting news that's going on. The Tony nominees uh, <laughs> were announced this week. And last week on the Mysterious Lost episode, <laughs> we did discuss how the Tonys were yes, going to be right. nominated. And the eligible uh, shows. So because... Yeah, usually the Tonys cover a whole year because of coronavirus. They're only covering a couple of months, which is basically the equivalent to like the dumpuary months of (laughs) movie theaters. It's like the early stuff that really usually doesn't win any awards. There's only uh, 18 eligible plays and musicals because even some of the ones that were out either like didn't premiere or weren't out long enough for voters to have seen them. So it was really like kind of the dregs of theater that they were choosing between and the big news is that slave play which is a play that Mm, shelby saw got 12 nominations which i guess is the most nominations ever for a non-musical play so that's exciting that is exciting do you think is the general consensus that maybe that's just the luck of the season or that that would have happened regardless of how many shows were up (laughs) i mean i think that all of the not like every show that's getting nominations this year it's like cushy you know like (laughs) like i think that people really did like that show and but i'm sure that if there had been another you know 30 plays that were out competing with it that some of those nominations would have gotten Uh, yeah i mean 12 nominations that's like i mean because slave play is is like you said it's just a play it's not a musical the cast is fairly small so what what are the nominations even like i haven't watched tony so i don't know how how narrow focus these these categories become but was it just like everyone in the cast got a best actor nom or something well i think there was a decent amount of uh, acting nominations but then they have all of those below the line nominations too like lighting and oh, sound okay. design okay. and you know whatever 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 um yeah, yeah, yeah. the the wildest thing that happened was that for musicals there was only four musicals that came out this year and uh, i think three of them had female leads so in the like best male actor in a musical category there is only one nominee <laughs> and so basically he wins a tony the rules are he's on the ballot 60 percent of the people voting have to agree that he should get a tony oh, and then ouch. he wins it so it's like but can you imagine if that night they're like and best actor and it's like Nobody (laughs) like people did not think that you deserved it as the only person. Uh, It's Aaron Taviet. I don't know. I he was from Moulin Rouge, which I didn't Mm. see, and I don't recognize him. the The craziest part though about that though is that so there's only four musicals 
eligible. Percy Jackson, the lightning <laughs> thief, is one of those, which does have a male lead. And that musical did not get a single <laughs> nomination in any category. Oh, man, They're nominating the, the other three musicals salty. like left and right <laughs> and not giving Percy Jackson anything. It's like, how embarrassing is this? There was so man, there was drama, 18 people. things that were eligible and only 15 of them got nominations. <laughs> and it's like, guys. Like at this point, like just give everybody a nomination, you know, that like feels this very on brand. No, but it, it fits, you know, it's like, y- you know, you think of Broadway, you think of a little, I mean, you think of theater in general and there's a lot of snobbery and uh, elitism. And so it's, it's cute that they are like, <laughs> I'm not even going to remark on this show, even though it's one of 12 that appeared. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad for those shows. Poor Percy Jackson. Uh, yeah. Well, in the end, the show, like Percy Jackson was a, uh, it started someplace else and then it toured in the United <laughs> States and then it came to Broadway. Like one of the plays was, um, was called The Height of the Storm, which had Eileen Atkins and Jonathan Price and it opened in UK and did well there and then came over. So it's not like these are, it's not like this is Joe Schmo <laughs> like putting on a show in his backyard it's and not people were like nah no spider-man or whatever right exactly <laughs> i mean i think that these are probably fine so <laughs> that this- is so delightful i actually really love that and i i really love the idea of everyone voting staring at that one single nominee and being like does he deserve this <laughs> yes because <laughs> i feel well, like some of them will be like nah the other thing is, I feel like you could understand the snubs for some of these things if this was uh, like the Oscars were sort of like everybody gets to vote on the nominations. But I'm pretty sure that the Tony nominations are decided by a committee. <laughs> so it's like the, these people on the committee were like, yeah, we're not giving Percy Jackson a damn thing, <laughs> even though there's only three other musicals. It's like they have they have best supporting uh you know, actor and actresses. So that's like 10 slots that are all filled with people from three musicals. There was not one person in Percy Jackson that you could give a nomination to. Like, rude. Now I really want to watch like a bootleg version of Percy Jackson, the lightning thief on Broadway. I know. How bad could it be? (laughs) That is so amazing. So you have Moulin Rouge and the Jagged Uh, Little Pill. Pill. And then the Tina Turner musical. Those are the oh, three that got all okay. of the <laughs> all the nominations. Amazing. And then oh, poor Percy I love Jackson it. gets nothing. This is just oh, it's so shady, and it's just like mm, and like I love it the guy so who much. played Percy Jackson could have been nominated <laughs> up against the <laughs> so then there would have at least been two nominees in that category. Like, but he didn't deserve a nomination, this is, Matt. This These is like if your little league trophies. team. Well, I mean, it, they basically are, though, at this point. It's like your your Little League team ends the season, and they're like, we're giving out participation trophies to everybody but two people <laughs> on the team. Like, sorry, you yeah, didn't well, like deserve it. That's a, a lot of people think that's what's wrong with our generation, is that we were coddled by people who told us told us we were special and that we, we won for doing absolutely nothing. So you know what? This Percy Jackson guy... He's gonna really like learn something from yes. This. <laughs> he's not he's not a he's not a millennial anymore. <laughs> you know, That's you gotta amazing. fight for it. Um, uh, off the off the Broadway train, but um, still in the petty category. 
COVID has been leading to a lot of cancellation of different shows, just like oh yes, really out of the blue stuff that surprised people. I think a few months ago we talked about the Society being one that Netflix decided to cut, even though they had originally planned to renew, and just kind of thinking. You know, Netflix that, loves to cut oh, a show. They love to cut a show, and it was so painful because a couple weeks ago they announced that they had canceled Glow, which is you know the the '80s like women of wrestling show with mm-hmm. um I don't know Betty Gilpin, Allison Brie, and, and Betty Gilpin. Yeah, and I like that show. It's very delightful. It's obviously very female centric. It's written by women and um. It's it had already started filming and then was shut down because of COVID. So it was like they already had their their season three pitch. They already had it written. They already had the cast on board. And the sh- the cut the cancellation seemed like a surprise for everyone who was sort of like what like we'd already <laughs> we'd already started. We were excited, and obviously Netflix doesn't announce if it's like due to scheduling conflicts or if like they're I don't know you know you have a contract stipulations about how long a star is under possible contract so maybe they would have had to renegotiate at a certain point but I heard that the reason why glow got canceled was because I guess the like they didn't want to have to pay for the sets like they had built all the sets for the for the season and then they had to pay like rent or whatever to keep all of these sets up for another six months while they figured out how they're gonna do the shooting but yeah it's like it's not again this is not like a poor backyard production like this is netflix the richest company out here right Uh, it's but i guess maybe you get to be the richest company by just being cutthroat yeah yes Like poor American Vandal. Yeah, Mm. I know. But it's like, I mean, if we get another season of Insatiable or something, I'm going to be furious because it's, yeah, it's like these big shows that have a Tiger King 2, you know it's coming. (laughs) Well, you are. I mean, yes, it's so annoying. And then I also found out on the on the network side that Stumptown was canceled, even though it had been originally renewed, too. And that's the um, Kobe... Smolder, uh, like, like show we watched, or which something. I... yeah, and it's like a private eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I liked it. I thought it was fun and different, and it had a lot of diversity because there's like this whole storyline with her um, brother with Down syndrome, and also her ex boyfriend's like from the res, and so there was a lot going on that was cool. And they had already like pitched season two, and they were at all the like TV con stuff talking about how excited they were and then they were axed and I'm just gonna say you're noticing a a trend here because (laughs) a lot of these shows are like women female centric and then just the icing on the cake was just randomly and obviously I know this isn't related but it felt like salt in the wound is they announced that Dexter was going to get a new season like it was renewed after being after ending like a few years ago so i don't know what's happening in tv land but it's very confusing times well and and you didn't even bring up the most important cancellation is that carol's second act got nixed and <gasps> oh, that that's not that coming hurt? back for a second season. Yeah. <laughs> it does and a, again another female-led another show so show. you're right uh, Pissed. Oh my gosh, that is just wild. Add it to the list. It's just they're coming for them. I mean, there are actually someone made a list of them all, and there are. Oh yeah, a I saw this too. Suspicious number of uh, women 
centric shows. So I'm just going to put that yeah. out there and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, draw your conclusions as you will. Um, and we'll see if they like decide to renew who friggin' knows like pushing daisies or something suddenly. <laughs> uh, pushing daisies is amazing. <laughs> of all the shows to come for pushing daisies I with don't know. Kristen I guess, Chenoweth. Like what's no, another, what's another dude a, show? I don't like even SWAT <laughs> team or something or like Chicago fire 10. It was the first old pushing show I could daisies. Think of. Oh my gosh. Prison break. Like there's so many oh, other yeah. shows. Yeah. Pushing daisies with half female cast. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. <laughs> I I am excited that Dexter is coming back though, honestly. Really? Uh, I'm I, I like Dexter. And I was I was very intrigued when I heard this news because I was so I went investigating. And I guess the original showrunner of Dexter, who did the first four seasons, which I think are like the best seasons. Uh, he left at that point, and then mm-hmm. it's him who's coming back to do this I new see. season. But the weird thing is that I think it's just Dexter. It's like Dexter ten years later, somewhere else. Like the other, the characters aren't in it. It's not set in Miami. He doesn't work for the police. Like it's a completely new idea. And I also think it's a mini series, so it's not. Yeah. It's only ten episodes. And it's set somewhere else just with Dexter, whatever he's doing 10 years later. So <laughs> I'm sort of intrigued to see what this is because I feel like they have to have some kind of idea for it. But right. then again, they did reboot Prison Break. And, you know, like some of these <laughs> other shows like that uh, 10 years later. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I d- you know, they don't have the same oomph all this yeah. time later. So we'll see how Dexter goes. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to him. Another piece of casting news that I was interested to hear your opinion on is that they announced that the Furiosa uh, Mad Max prequel is going to be coming out. And the lead playing the Charlize Theron role is Anya Taylor-Joy, who we recently just (laughs) saw in The New Mutants playing a action hero with a (laughs) fake sword arm. And then also Chris Hemsworth is in it. And Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who... I feel like is everywhere at the moment. He was in Watchmen. He's just in the trial of Chicago seven, which we're talking about on Thursday. I looked him up and I guess he's in the greatest showman somewhere. He was also in us. So really he's having a moment. I feel like, um, that's, I think that all works. I think the one that's giving me pause is Chris Hemsworth. I'm trying to picture him in that world. And it's like, like, Tom Brady you get like I don't know Chris Hemsworth is just such a pretty boy that it's just hard to kind of picture him playing it serious do you think he could be the bad guy yeah I don't know I I mean that's the thing too it's like I guess I've never seen him play in any sort of drama not that Mad Max is but there's definitely a level of like grit and trauma to it that you don't you know he usually leans into the playfulness of his different characters so I don't know I guess, do we have any idea, like, what this movie's about, really? No. I mean, I know it's about her, <laughs> but, like, could this be sort of a, the society is going well, and he's, like, a king who then, like, falls and is murdered or whatever, and then that's what leads to the situation that's in They're gonna Fury Road? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the uh, maybe he's of Maybe Max. he's in Morton Joe, but, like, younger. You but know, she's not before... that. <laughs> this is like what ten, maybe fifteen years before. I mean, I don't know how old is Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron has to be at least twenty years older than Anya Taylor Joy, okay. right? Okay, yeah, but I mean, people play up their age. I don't know, but I will say, I saw that casting of her, and I was like, you know what? I can see that. That makes sense. I'll allow it. 
I was sad yeah, that like they her. weren't bringing back Charlize, even though I understand with, you know, prequels, you can't. Mm-hmm. But I think that makes the ager like um in uh <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Irishman the Robert De- yeah the Irishman <laughs> that would have been amazing. It's not too late, um, but yeah, I can see you doing that. I haven't watched a ton of movies with her. Like I never watched Emma, so it'll be interesting to see if she can carry it the same way Charlize Theron did. But I think she can. I mean, she was good. In, I thought she was good in Glass. I liked her in Emma. She was in that movie Thoroughbreds a couple of years ago, mm. which I liked. And then also, wasn't she in one of those like assassin kind of movies? Like, you know, like the like girl assassin kind of thing. That right. I feel like she was in one of those. Probably. <laughs> I think she was in an action movie. I don't know. Do you have another story? Let me look this up. Um, Yes, I do. I loved this story. Lily James was caught canoodling with uh, Dominic West, who, ironically enough, is the star of The Affair. And um, people were immediately like, wow, Dominic West is married. So what is he doing? Like, you know, they weren't caught kissing, but they were caught like sharing a scooter and they were sitting together at lunch and he seemed to sort of nuzzle her neck at one point and it all felt very like flirtatious. And so people were like, wow, why would you cheat so openly? And he decided to set the record straight in probably the funniest way I've ever seen a celebrity do this, where I, I don't know if it's because of COVID or or because they're like private or something, but they decided to have, they decided to give the press a statement. And that meant that the press came to their house and he and his wife came outside and posed for a few pictures, including a little kiss, and then placed a written (laughs) statement on the, I don't know, on the porch or whatever. And then the photographers were allowed to take a picture of said oh, they statement. didn't read it <laughs> no. it was just a photograph that said um our marriage is strong and we're very much still together thank you <laughs> lol and it was just like maybe they have an open marriage iconic it was just they just left it on this little rock and like you know there's like a bush behind it it's just like it just feels so british in such a weird way <laughs> I mean, does it? I don't. <laughs> it's very strange. I've never heard. Of, also, the movie that she was in, Anya Taylor Joy, was called Morgan, and she was like oh, an artificial yes. intelligence thing. She was also in The Witch, um, which yes. she was good in. So, I'm excited for that. I think she'll be good. Yeah. But no, this is yeah. And aren't I was also reading that Lily James and Dominic West are in a movie together. Yeah. Coming up, that they still have to shoot, and he plays her father. <laughs> I didn't know about this. So how awkward part, is that going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they think that was what they were arguing. It's like, Oh, they were just filming together. Like they were just, you know, they're currently like filming Justin this Timberlake movie. when he touched that woman's <laughs> knee or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But yeah. So supposedly his marriage is fine and it's not on the rocks, even if the statement they released is very much technically on a rock. So <laughs> <laughs> lol i see what you did there (laughs) very clever uh okay anything else or should we get into love it or hate it let's do it okay i'm resurrecting my love it or hate it from last week because (laughs) i am sad that it was lost to the universe (sighs) so we're back again discussing tenant now for the third time 
how about you don't say anything and I'll just say stuff and then you can plug in last week's recording so that I don't have to hear this again. <laughs> yeah, but what are you just going to say? Like, I hated like, it. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> rude, rude, rude. So last them. week I was telling everybody, which ended up only being Shelby, <laughs> that... <laughs> That I had a group of friends. Theaters have been closed in New York the whole time. So while I was in Florida, I got to see Tenet and several other movies, but people here didn't. And so theaters are open, however, in Connecticut. And for $150, you can rent out an entire theater. So I had a few friends who decided to do that. So we rented a car and drove up to New Haven, Connecticut, and saw Tenet in this theater that it was just us. And the first time I saw Tenet, I came out of the theater being like, this is bad. It's convoluted. I don't understand it. You can't hear anything. Like, what a disaster of a movie. And then I did a lot of research for the podcast that we had. And I feel like at that point, I was sort of like, I don't know. I I sort of am into it. But it, you know, still maybe not the best movie. Eh, I'm not really sure. Watching it a second time, I am fully all in on the Tenet Train. I think it's a masterpiece. (laughs) I said last week, and I will say again, that I think it's my second favorite Christopher Nolan movie after Inception. Mm, Like, it just... It just works so well in like all of the intricate like time work. travel things. Not on the first watch, <laughs> but as as sort of like a brain teaser, I think it works really well. And also the second time, I was really keyed in on the Robert Pattinson John David Washington like relationship, mm-hmm. and I feel like that there's a lot there that I didn't get in the first go round. So right, right. very into it. Very wow. into it. So what did your friends think? They were all like, this was bad, and we didn't understand it, and not great, and we couldn't hear anything. And I was like, let me tell you, though. Let me explain why this is actually amazing. And they were sort of warming up to it, because we went and got pizza afterwards, and they were sort of like, by the end of that, they were like, yeah, I can kind of see that. No, they were humoring you. You just kind of let it... No, like, you think yeah, that my friends Matt, would lie to okay. me? No, <laughs> they would never. good. <laughs> Uh, no, I um, I'm glad you got to watch it. I, I can't even envision that being near the top of Christopher Nolan's filmography for me. Um, aside from a few interesting like set pieces and stuff, because there's like cool moments in it as we discussed. But yes. overall, it's a mess, and I just will never. You gotta watch it, and you gotta no. watch it again, Shelby. You gotta watch it again. No, you're like all those pretentious bros in my English classes who were like, "Oh, you just didn't understand. You need to read it again, like seventeen hundred times, and then we'll totally get it." And it's just not worth with, it. The thing with Christopher Nolan, though, is that every every Christopher Nolan movie has a whole group of pretentious bros who really like it. So it's really yeah. hard to choose which one is, is the least pretentious <laughs> bro the because they wanna, all are. You want to Yeah, this and Inception are my, are the ones that I'm going to elect. I'm not in the memento. Yeah. I'm not in the dark night. You know, like that's, a, those are a, the Dunkirk. Like those yeah. are other groups of pretentious You know what? Bros. You should put together like a Christopher Nolan Comic-Con situation and see who shows up to what screening? Because I think that would be a really interesting, like, psychological evaluation of, like, reading the room, so to speak, of these different... Like, have them all be at the same yeah. time and see, <laughs> yeah. like, who shows up to which one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, like, I don't know. All I the think unbathed feeling... people showed up to one and <laughs> no. like Tenet was like very classy. No, I, I feel like it'd just be you alone in a theater. It'd just be like, yeah. <laughs> I'd enjoy it. You'd be with all, you'd be with the worst of them, honestly, in the Dark Knight group. That's a group I don't want to be a part the of. Worst... They're so basic. No, I think Dark Knight Rises is the worst group. No, because that's just me too. No. <laughs> No. Nobody no. likes that movie. A lot of people, unfortunately, are like you and have bad taste and are like, no, this is actually better than the well-crafted and extremely well-thought-out Dark Knight, and I well, love the choices made. They're just they're just Anne Hathaway fans. They saw Anne <laughs> yeah. Hathaway in that maid uniform doing yeah. a backflip out the window, and they were invested. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But going on to bigger and better, I just watched the finale for Lovecraft Country, and I know I talked about this when the first episode aired oh yeah but uh-huh. man oh man i loved this show and i think um i i really did i just adored every single episode and i think i can totally see like criticisms of it because it's not your traditional like action driven storyline like it's much more character focused and so each each episode basically follows one of the main characters and they don't always instantly uh sort of line up I don't know. Like, it's like, it takes a while for all the threads to come together. Like, it's a very slow moving plot in some ways because you're, you get one vignette here and you get one piece here. And then it just culminates in this really, really epic way. And I don't know if you've kept up with it. I have not. I yeah. only watched the first two episodes because I had heard from people that it was very, like, anthology e sort of like a like a monster plot of the line of the type. week kind of thing yeah. yeah and i was like uh i don't i don't love a show that's like i really like shows that have arcs that go the whole way through but i think that at that point as well even press people and stuff it only got to see like the yeah. first five or six episodes so if it does all come together oh, in yes, the end then does. i will probably <laughs> uh go back and finish it because i did enjoy the first yeah. couple episodes no it came together in such a cool way and i think that was part of the fun with week by week is just seeing like okay like what's gonna happen because yes in some ways it was sort of technically a monster of the week but there was also just like so much groundwork being built Mm -hmm. and I just loved it. And they put so much thought into every single little detail. So it's very like, you know, it's a very black centric. There's a lot of references to real history. There's a lot of play into like real events. Obviously you're dealing with monsters and sci-fi and time travel, but ultimately the scariest thing on the scene are these white people and just how, how, uh, how toxic and torturous it all was all is and um everyone in the cast is so good and i just am like standing all of them from beginning to end and i can't sing enough praises to it i really think it's some of the best television just with how thoughtful it is and the last few episodes like literally like it is a gruesome show and i'm not really into gore that much and a lot of it was a little bit too much for me. But you know it's a good show. And on top of that, I still like teared up like three times in the finale and in the last episode. And it was just so good. Okay. Well, I am into gore. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have <laughs> yeah. to go back and, and finish this. Yeah. Then. As soon as this truly abysmal season of Big Brother comes to an end, there's only four <laughs> people left. So it's like, let's just get this done with. Uh, yeah. Oh, there are some but- crazy like... 
Like, I know I don't necessarily seek out violent shows, but I've sat through some of the Game of Thrones and, like, whatever it is, everyone's like, whoa, Red Wedding. This mm-hmm. show has some truly, like, nauseating, horrific, gorish scenes that just stick with you and, frankly, might be too much for some people, and that's totally understandable. <laughs> But I'm, I'll be curious to see how you react to some of them. <laughs> so if you're looking for something spooky, go watch Lovecraft Country. If you're looking for something not spooky, Hubie Halloween, baby. Hubie Halloween. Get the just fall festive totally feelings. It's, like, it's just two separate ends of the spectrum of, but they're know, both like black culture and, and white you know? mediocrity. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you come for Hubie? Rude. <sighs> Um, okay, well, we'll be back on Thursday to discuss uh, the trial of the Chicago 7, which is out on Netflix right now. Follow us on social media, especially Instagram, because we are doing the giveaway for Love and Monsters. We're at PSU Wrong. You can also send us an email at PSURong at gmail.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Bye.